Here we are. This is your host, Addy Nett, with a live studio broadcast of... M-L-O. That's right, Casey. And we're bringing in a really big topic right now, and that is... Follow the money. Follow, follow, follow. Where's it going? Where's it leading to? We gotta know. Gotta know it. Let's go. So we got Scott Kurahara as a special guest today. He is a operations manager and a key component to making sure we are providing everything we need to make sure your cash is good to go. Gotta track it. Gotta follow it. Once again, this is M-L-O. Enjoy the show. You know, that's our normal. Do a little toggle. Jam out, a little jam sesh, little sesh. Bring it back, bring it, bring it back, back. I hope they can hear that. Can you hear that? The normal, the normal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hey, yes, sir. Case, it's another Wednesday. It is another Wednesday with M L O, and we got a hot guest today, uh, Mr. Scott Kurahara. Welcome, Scotty boy. Tell him who you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Ooh, honor. Honor. He's giving us honor status. I will take that all day long. Dude, he hasn't even been through the first app, and he's already given us honor status. Love it. Mm. Real deal stuff. Very impressive. No, in all seriousness, we'll bring down the hype of music. Um, hopefully, they get enough people to uh, click in and listen. But um, this is MLO, the Modern Loan Officer Podcast, and a live studio recording um special guest as i noted scotty yours truly addy and then of course casey carpenter your navy vet everyone loves casey he's a veteran absolutely Mm -hmm. go vets you you know what i'm talking about so today we've got an actual really great topic follow the money so we brought in Scott for special reasons because Scott actually, Scott, give him some of your background. Tell him what you've done, how long you've been in the industry because I have had the incredible honor to work with Scott and know Scott for many, many years and I, I don't give out like compliments easily. But dude, you're one of the smartest people I've worked with. I mean, especially with the loan stuff. So why don't you give them a little LinkedIn bullet resume here so everyone knows who you're talking about. The, you know? the quick elevator pitch? Oh yeah, elevator. Uh you know, I've been in the mortgage industry for, uh, it'll be 10 years in January. So mm. it's about 10 years first and, uh, only adult job I've ever had, you know, got it almost right out of high school. Uh, started out as a loan officer assistant, moved on to being uh, a processor. And then I'm actually the, uh, operations manager here. And, uh, you know, as much as it's, it's been a, a pleasure to have you here, it's, you know, it's really an honor, especially with you and Casey, mm. you know, Casey, I know when I, first came over here he was my boy you know he he made working here and uh, just so much fun so well, same, same to you scotty and uh I'll, I'll second that with what Addie said um even for for a younger guy man there's not anyone out there that i've came across that has the knowledge that you have in in you know even half uh you know they've been in twice as long as you have and you've been in half the time and you have more knowledge than they do so it, it's truly a testament to that behind the scenes stuff that happens guys um there is always a very very intellectual person behind there working it or at least helping these uh, loans get through on the back end oh 
Casey, you always come in with this great, just like, <laughs> boom, hammer, boom. Every, like, last week's episode, it's cracking me up. Like, you <laughs> almost blacked out. It was so good. But I would like to, uh, I think this is the right button. There's a, where is our, there's the guest. Thank you. We get a little applause. You get a little applause. So we love that. We love that. But in all seriousness, uh, just finished fourth of july so i hope everyone had a great weekend out there um and i was surprisingly shocked how action-packed the market was so once again we're located in portland oregon the pacific northwest we are your go-to team when it comes to home mortgages and if there's any reason that we can help you you a second opinion or you just need to chat through a scenario we definitely got your back when it comes to financing your next purchase on the west coast just to knock out a quick uh, nmls compliance um, i am licensed in oregon and washington nmls 1542184 bring it over to uh mr cc you want to throw down Casey Carpenter, licensed in Oregon and Washington, NMLS 1458123. Meaning, you know, this is always my favorite part of the show where we're compliantly oh, uh, obligated to disclose this long number no one really gives a crap about. Second, or thirdly, <laughs> we're going over to Scott, me, man. Uh, you want to throw down your deeds? Yeah, uh, Scott Curahera, NMLS number 888734. Mm. You guys are long, you have long NMLS Gosh, numbers. it's long, dude. Can I just be like four? I like it, yeah. NMLS 4. Boy. Or Number dub, four. 007. Oh. That would be good. That would be catchy. They should sell the license number. <laughs> for double yeah. And give them back to charity. Boom. Boom. So subject for today, follow the money. One of the biggest things, guys, and I think, you know, the standard home buyer, home seller doesn't understand the details and how would they, right? Like... What is qualifying funds when it comes to using money for down payment, closing costs, also referred to as cash to close? So we're going to try to at least continue to use lingo, lingo, which the common person that doesn't do this all day long can understand. So we'll replace different words with like cash. So we got to watch each other just a note for the whole panel today, right? Whole panel today. But bringing Scott in because Scott really dives in and helps us with you have an accepted offer and we're on that runway path, a typical 30 days here in our market from accepted offer to close. So within that period, you're going to have a full team that is going to work your file, double check everything, ensure that we have all the supporting documentation to proceed to an underwrite and continue to the process, which eventually ends up with keys in your hands. That being said, one of the most under 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 appreciated and thought about issues is where is your money coming from because not only oh and i'm getting a call on my iphone that or my macbook that's great midstream must be important um that being said one of the most important things is nobody knows like well if i'm gonna get my funds from say gift say they're gonna be from a gift so we're gonna cover gift stuff today say they're coming from a retirement right? That's a big deal. Um, say we have it liquid in, in your checking and savings or a fidelity account. All of these things have a different road to how we can qualify and support them with um, documentation. So diving in most importantly, I would just like to open up with what you can do to make the make your life easier in contract. And Scott, like 
this is where you come in. What is the best and the worst thing you can do when it comes to like sourcing funds for down payment? You know, really with sourcing any of the funds, I'm going to tell you if it's a gift, if it's anything like that, the easiest thing that you can do is wire your money to escrow. Mm. Um, A lot of the times what I see is people are transferring a lot of money. They have several accounts and what they're doing is they take money from their savings accounts or they liquidate money prior to being in contract. So they do that. And then we have all this money in the checking account and several large deposits. Mm -hmm. Um, Big dono. Big dono. Anytime you see a bunch of large deposits, uh, you're going to have to prove to the underwriter what that's from. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are working with, with your lender or or really, you know, trying to just prove Mm where your money comes from. The worst thing that you can do is take mattress money or mm-hmm. what we call mattress money. And that's, that's just cash you have lying around the house. Right. You know, if you just deposit large amounts of cash, we're probably going to have to back that out. Right. Right. And just to bring that together a little bit in, maybe I'll swing it over to Casey. Like there's quite a bit of just intimidating lingo right there for most people. So like, yep one of the biggest things people need to understand is like all of this started with preventing money laundering. When I'm explaining it to my clients, Casey, I like to break it down to like something that they can digest when like they're pausing Netflix to take my call at 7:45. right? That's the reality of the situation most of the time. But if I explain to them, Hey, we just need to demonstrate from an objective standpoint, the underwriter that we did not wander any of this money. So typically how that's done is supporting it with loan documentation. Now, if you're moving money, say from a, from one checking account to another checking account and then to an investment account and back, we just created four different spots that we need to source for Scott over here where it came from with statements. And not only does that create a ton of work for us, but there's certain requirements to how the statements need to be formatted, which becomes very challenging. So give me your perspective and your point of view on how you tell your clients, Casey, the easiest way. Cause Scott just told us it was a wiring direct to escrow, but I want to get your take and how you handle it. everyone's got their own spin. Totally. Totally. And I agree with you, Addy. I mean, this stuff obviously came from anti money laundering, you know, rules and guidelines and stuff that were set in place for clients and consumers out there, what we're basically referring to is we got to show that trail of the money from where it's started from to where it ended at. And so if it started in a retirement account and then transferred to your checking account and then to your savings account, we have to show every spot that that amount landed and came from. So what we're doing is we're just coming back to prove and show where this money came from initially and can justify it. And then, you know, that allows that underwriter to see exactly where that money came from and we can determine if we can use those funds or not. Coming back to kind of explaining that with the, the customer, um, it's very, it's very simple the way I lay it out. These are in place because of anti-money laundering and we do have to prove where your funds come from. And we have to prove that they are your funds or a fund from a family member that was gifted to you. So at the end of the day, we're proving these funds for you so you can use them. Well, and just to hop in too on your point, depending on the institution of where the funds are, and I know our boy Scotty over here gets it, man, sometimes 
not all institutions in terms of where you have your money sourced are created equal. Meaning like it can be a total pain in the ass to get those documents that suffice in a format that underwriting will accept. So if you've got four different steps that you've moved the money around, like follow the queen, call the fiend, call, follow the queen, follow the queen. Follow the queen. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to get your take on like, what would you say right off the bat is the easiest thing people can do to make the process easier and not disqualify their, their income? I like to say, don't move anything now and let's all work together as a team. So give me your spin on documentation, the, the path of least resistance, if you will. Absolutely. So, you know, what I, what I like to tell people is before you move that money, right. For, Mm -hmm. for down payment for, you know, anything really is, talk with us, mm. you know, like let's make a game plan together. Um, I feel like sometimes what people do is they try to jump ahead of that to be mm-hmm. helpful to us. And they say, no, I, you know, I moved all my money. I already did that. Don't I worry already did it. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially when you're talking about places that are easier to get, uh, you know, transaction histories from or, or get documentation from your big banks are always going to be the easiest, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your Chase, your Bank of America, your U.S. Bank, they're very online friendly, yep. uh, very easy to print stuff off the website. A lot of people I know these days have, um, you know, online statements. A lot of people don't even get paper statements. Anymore. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're working with, with some of the smaller credit unions, um, those are tough. Uh, sometimes when you get printouts from them, it's like you, you get them in an Excel spreadsheet and it doesn't even look like anything. Uh, That's a know. real common one. People 100% export the document and it defaults mostly to what's it called CSV. CSV. Um, Which is like an Excel. That does not work. Doesn't work. Tell me about qualifying documentation formats because that is such a miss. Someone might sit there at 9 o'clock. We've sent an email, say, at the end of the day five six seven o'clock at night they're getting off and they're looking at oh scotty and addy and casey want abc and then they downloaded csv format so talk, give me a little just in a short little nugget a nugget qualifying formats from a typical standpoint for statements the the gold standard is pdf what else though you can you can do an image so you can do a jpeg mm-hmm. you know pdf jpeg those will work but within that you need a certain you do so there's like four bullets that are pain in the butt yeah hit us with those bullets hit yeah. it with a bullet it always it all casey it always sounds easy at I first know. but it does and clients really do try to help i mean they really do oh, they, yeah, they make 100%. their best effort of going online um trying to get those statements um But at the end of the day, I mean, we are lending large amounts Mm -hmm. of money here. And so we are more or less, I mean, we're going to be particular on the requirement for that document. So I'll let Scotty dive in for a second. But I mean, we are looking for certain things there. Your your name on the statement, the account number on there, maybe the URL. I mean, there's some things that need to be on that piece of documentation for us to prove that it is your transaction history for your account for this money. Yeah, good point. So, but I'm sorry, we cut Scott off there, but <laughs> hit us with some of those details, such as like the URL, the name, the number, things within the document that must be demonstrated. Yeah, yeah the, the big one, you know, like you touched on is the URL. Um, I get a lot of statements that have the name, you know, they mm. have everything that we're looking for. They have an account number, but they don't have a URL. Um, you got to have that. The URL is probably more important than the account number. So just to clarify, because not everyone might, 
I hope most people know what a URL is, but down at the bottom, when you print something from a web page, it shows that full website page at the bottom, that really long HTTPS backslash backslash. Nobody knows what the heck that means. It's got to be on there and cut off page numbers is really big miss. A lot of people will spend a lot of time sending over bank statements with only one of seven pages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Underwriters require Scott, Casey, myself, any lender to provide the full pages non cut off. So even, even, and us bank is notorious for this, but uh, you know, you get, you get a four page bank statement and page four says this page intentionally left blank. You know, and it's most common sense. What people, a statement. What a statement. Most people are going to go, I'm not going to send that. It says this page is blank. If it says four out of four, we're going to need it. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge point there, Scott. If it, mm. we, even if that page is blank, we want to see that page because it completes that statement as the fourth page if it's four or four or whatever. Um, so Scott is um, touching on some good points. And, and one thing to just add in on there too is it does get a little bit different from a bank statement to a bank transaction history. So that's where we're kind of talking on those URLs and stuff like that. Depending on what bank documentation we're asking for, there could be something else, you know, we need to show or, or look for that needs to be on that documentation. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And that's almost a full other episode, but that being said, I think I want to move from segment one to segment two, and really f- talk about utilizing retirement funds for down payment and closing costs because that's often a really good move right now. A lot of people aren't enjoying the returns that they're getting on retirement funds. They might want to access that cash yeah. to isolate their overhead and cap it for 30 years. So I really just want to break down um, utilizing retirement funds for the down payment. And it really does tie together with sourcing the money because Scott, I'm sure you've had thousands of experiences. I know hundreds with me in regards to, okay, the plan is, well, if we have to, we'll pull from the retirement or we do. And that comes with a lot of different steps and it's different per company to where the retirement income is coming from, such as like a Fidelity or a Charles Schwab or um, John Hancock. John Hancock. Get all John Hancock. And around. So for someone that's looking to utilize, say, the retirement income, is it best to liquidate it now, get it in their checking account, set it, forget it, then look for a a home or find the home first and then follow our lead in terms of documentation? Definitely best to wait. Definitely. When you get in contract and you're ready. Then we start. I knew it. It's just like our mother and father said, it's always better to wait, son. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. I never heard that one as a kid. (laughs) Don't make me elaborate on why. Yep, you're right. I heard that several (laughs) times as a child. Uh, No, but in all seriousness, no, it is, you're saying it is better to refrain from, you like what I did there, switched up that. Yeah. Wait to refrain. And it, until we are in contract on something. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, and, and just from a thousand foot view, you know, really how you go about doing that is you, you want to give us your statement. Most retirement statements are done quarterly, mm, you know, so it's, it's easier uh, to provide documentation for that in that sense, because mm. you're getting one statement. You know, we're not going back to it. It's like, hey, we need your last two full month statements for your Bank of America, your Wells Fargo. Um, it's just one quarterly statement that we can use. When we get that quarterly statement, there's a couple other things we're going to do, right? 
mm-hmm. the first thing we need to do is we need to get a copy of the terms of withdrawal. And that's just a fancy way of saying. And I'll tell you, that's the biggest pain. That's one of the bigger pain points for not only myself as a mortgage advisor, but clients. For oh, yeah. some reason, that's really hard to obtain. And guys, if you've never bought a home, getting a second home, and you need to access that terms of withdrawal, like try to get someone on the phone. That's my only advisement there. Oh, like yeah. with, in regards to the company that's managing your funds, because that's a toughie sometimes. I, I'm going to tell you the easiest thing that you can do to save yourself on that end, yeah. call your HR person. Mm. You know, every single time that I've had this situation, it's it's always come down to like, well, did you talk to your HR person? And they go, well, no, I've been trying to talk to, you know, the company that I am have my retirement funds through. Or, you know, I talked to my boss. Call your HR person. I promise you they're going to have it. Right. You know, especially with our company, yeah. you know, just, just for color, y- you call them and they have it in a package that they can send you a PDF. It's already ready to go. That's a great insight. And it kind of ties back, Casey, to the whole, uh, it's never too early to start the process. Now, this is a huge subject line. Obviously, we're trying to give some insight to our home buyers and sellers on how to make their lives easier and not disqualify them from their funds being qualifying for cash to close. But we're really, you got to start the process early because if we can get those statements of where the cash is coming, the loan it a loan officer or mortgage advisor understands the game plan. It's so much easier to communicate, communicate it to someone like Scott, who's operating all of the loan officer assistants, all of the underwriters. Totally. And we can put a little paint on the canvas and tell a story. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, at one point right there, talking to your loan officer and explaining that up front with them, um, it could save you guys a massive massive headache i mean it really can because we've seen a lot of stuff happen throughout transactions so having that process started early or at least that conversation like we constantly hit the nail on the head with talk to your advisor your loan advisor to walk walk uh, through those comments questions concerns that you have because we might be able to give you that advice and say hey hold off on you know transferring that retirement funds until we're at this point or be able to explain why we can't use this cash that you have sitting outside you know in a safe in your home um, or explain how we can use that and, and how you need to deposit that and then you know show the trail and then show two months of that being in your account whatever that is we can guide you to Basically, you know, what your end goal is, is to purchase that home and use the money that you have on hand. But there's a lot of different ways people's finances are mixed. People have, mm-hmm. you know, cash sitting on the side. They have you know, money in their checkings. They have retirement accounts. Or maybe they have gold chains and watches and cars that we're going to sell. Gold and, chains. And, you know, we got to show bill of sales and paper paper trail that stuff so let's throw that over it let's throw that at scott yeah that's a great factor what happened yeah we got clients yeah we got clients that got questions i got one right here where you know this is you know hypothetical situation but let's just say we're short and we need five thousand dollars and the guy has a five thousand dollar necklace that he's willing to sell and depart with it's a gold necklace can we use that scott is that the right proper necklace necklace i think they call um, it a chain, chain casey gold chain what what my chain <laughs> what what remember that little <laughs> you might remember a gentleman by the name of two chains yeah two, <laughs> that's true two chains two chains yeah necklace. Yes. So, so let's just say, i haven't used you know, necklace since it was like mother's day yeah, I, was shopping. Thinking, I really had I like i had like mom. the gold yeah. cross necklace in my mind but 
really was thinking a lot higher value. To be real though, Scott, how do we uh, isolate a ch- gold chain and source it? In all seriousness, gold, like it's gold. Silver, it's an coins, asset. So what can that. we do? It's it's that's a great question. Mm. So yes, you can. You can. You can really? do that. You can sell a car. You can sell a boat. You can sell an RV. Uh, in some certain cases that I've actually done, you can even sell a firearm and use that as, mm. as funds. Uh, what you're looking at when you do that is, is it just all has to be legit. You know what I mean? It can't be, yeah, you know, I sold my neighbor something for 500 bucks. You know, uh, if you're Good selling point. something like a gold chain, right, you're probably going to go to a pawn shop. Yeah. When you go to a pawn shop, you're going to get a bill of sale. You know, you can use that bill of sale to show, hey, I sold something of value for money. It went into my account. There you go. There's the paper trail. Yeah, you can't, guys, just to throw this down, no uh, selling your Nerf gun to neighbor Timmy for four grand. Like, that's... I mean, it's got to be... a transaction you just made, but we we can't use those funds, unfortunately. If we're we're talking about the first Nerf gun ever made, it's a vintage collector's edition, then... See, this is... Dude, this is why I love Scott, because it's always like, it ain't over till we know the details, right? That's right. And, guys, you want that... On your side. I mean, you want that as your team. You know, there there is no quit sometimes, even though when the walls are closing in and maybe we can't use those funds. I mean, guys like Scott or are rare that, you know, that will dive into that and we'll look at every single possible option we can to try to use it. But, um, you know, sometimes we just can't. But, you know, the team that's going to look at every nook and cranny to make it work for you, that's a team that you want supporting you. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And, and in all seriousness, too, it's, it, you know, I've had people sell cars many times, mm-hmm. you know, to qualify yeah. to get funds to close. Um, you know, some people will sell cars for their down payment. That's a totally legit thing to do. Um, you know, it's, it's like Kelly Blue Book, bill of sale, sell the car. That's funds, man. That's what you can use for cash to close. That is a awesome. totally legit option. Awesome. And I think the kicker, just to base that, back that statement up from Mr. Scott is, documentation's key right like you really can't underplay the need casey for documentation because these are all great ideas but don't curveball everybody in the transaction don't just be like oh it is what it is i got four grand like no there's a strategy there's documentation i always like to urge casey people to look at it from the point of view from someone who doesn't know anything so like say i'm your client we've been talking for months we have a strategy you get to know me you know my plan but this person's just coming up to the party they don't know and it's their job to bring all of the facts to surface right and and it it helps guys because honestly as much as we see it with consumers trying to take that initial action or that initial step and hey i've already transferred these funds I, i figured you guys would need it I mean, let's just be honest. You're not doing this as a, as a job and in it, you know, eight hours, 12 hours a day, constantly, you know, in, in, in and through this grind. So there are fine details that need to happen as far as when you are transferring or making those transactions occur that we have to show. And, and if you're just not knowing what those are, you probably missed that step when you were trying to do it for us. And now we've created a little bit deeper hole than we need to back, you know, back out and, and show, you know, more documentation. So sometimes taking that initiative forward can set you back and actually require you to show more documents than it would be just talking with, you know, me and Addison up front and then laying out that groundwork for the documents. Great. And then, you know, Scott, would you mind sharing maybe one of your most profound stories? Could be a, a win, could be a loss, but something that comes top to mind from you with 
maybe something super dynamic with sourcing funds and what's your top story like your oh man i got a lot I got a lot of ideas. That was an ESPN little sound jingle I tried to do there. Not sure if everyone got that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the one that immediately jumps to mind, and this this sort of, you know, touches on a little bit of a credit issue and an asset issue, right? Okay, okay. Um, There was a couple that I did a home loan for years ago, and I, I will never forget when I got the call, and they said, you know, what we did is, is we're so excited to get this house. We never thought we'd be, we'd be pre-qualified. We never thought we'd get this far. You know, we're making their dreams come true. Mm -hmm. It's their first home. Um, what do you do when you get a first home? You want to furnish that home, right? Are you putting money into it? Oh my God. TJ Maxx. Home good. Target. Don't you? That's a special on sale for 25. Did you see the patio furniture? (laughs) I love the term. We got to make it our own. (laughs) No, so, but four but, grand. But out Scott's of the being truthful on yeah, that. No, yeah, put money yeah. into their homes. And I, mean, and I, I love buy. that. You know, I love that's totally. part of what makes my job worth doing is the, making those people so excited to get into a home, yeah. especially first time home buyers. You know, hundred um, percent. But what they neglected to tell me from the outset was. You know, Macy's, I don't know if you've ever been there. Macy's has fantastic furniture. Oh, it's a sale every day over at Macy's. Oh, it is amazing. Every day. I mean, we went from 4th of July sale to Monday sale, like real quick. Oh, yeah, Christmas in July, how about? But, you you know, I've never seen a Chase Lounge. You know what a Chase Lounge is? I do, actually. $4,000 Chase Lounge. Oh, buddy. So not only was it the $4,000 Chase Lounge that they opened the new credit line for, it was taking $15,000 or so out of their savings account mm. to pay for that furniture combined with gifts from other people going into their account to pay for that. Tough story to tell there. That's a tough one. That's mm-hmm. a tough one. Uh, we did end up saving the deal. They did get the house and the new furniture. So it was a win-win for them. It was really difficult for us. Right. Really difficult. Yeah. Um, there were two or three points during that transaction where you went, I don't know if this one's going to work, mm-hmm. but we saved it. And, and all that's to say, be very careful when you transfer money. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we're not talking about credit, but don't open any new credit. Right. Whatever you do, no credit when you're doing your home loan. Everything goes on stasis. And communicate before you take action. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let the let the new furniture wait a little bit. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I, I think I'd like to kind of land the plane a little bit with, guys, literally we care so much about our clients. When things come up that are unfortunate, like a new trade line or meaning credit or movement of money and we are unsure these we lose sleep over these things literally our team wants to close the loan as smoothly and amazingly as possible so it is really in your best interest not to move money and you know i was kind of hoping scott that that it would be a more dynamic kind of sauce to today but that's really the summary yeah communicate up front Please don't move money, but also don't be discouraged. Say to your point that I love that, like say a lot of your assets are in vehicles, say they are in gold Mm -hmm. and they, they might be in weapons or other goods. It doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to buy a home. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really good point, right, Case? Like, yeah, yeah, and it's... I'm trying to bring it from all angles, you know? Yeah, and it's, I mean, uh, the good way I think what you're kind of getting to is if you have assets, whether that's cash assets liquid cash that's not in the bank account or anything it's actual cash if you have liquid assets that are in you know bank accounts retirement accounts stuff that you can liquidize or you have non-liquid assets you know retirement Mm -hmm. accounts what we're trying to do is use 
every asset that we can that you want to and that we can use for your home purchase that we can justify though and that we can prove are your assets basically so we're not trying to discourage anyone if all their assets are tied up in and gold and cars if we can paper trail and use those assets we're going to absolutely try to do whatever we can to get you into a home um, and that's a good you know a good thing to know for anyone out there like don't be discouraged if you don't have all your money in bank accounts have the conversation with your loan officer and, and we can probably create a good strategy to get you there yeah and i think just to kind of really conclude from the hundreds of ones that i've closed in my career those who are honest and communicate, it seems to work out. The road might be bumpy. Right, Scott? Every once in a while. Might be a little turbulence there. Rocky road. The rocky road. But, Casey, like, if you're straightforward, you're honest, you're communicating, and you're not doing anything shady, it will work out. It might be a lot of work to get that proper documentation, but it does work out for the people not trying to pull fast ones. I'm just going to say that. You yeah, know? I mean, in the fast one being, if, if you make that decision off your own guidance and it happens to be that wrong move, whether you knew it or not. I mean, we all have to pay the repercussions for that or at least try it's to kind of like a lawyer. Like you want to, there's never a bad time to tell me everything. Exactly. There's <laughs> right? never a bad time to tell me. everything. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, even on that, you'd be surprised. I mean, even with the hundred loans that I've closed, it's like, it still catches me off guard when we're getting close to closing and all of a sudden a new car payment pops up out of nowhere because we didn't have the conversation and they went out and bought a car. Mm -hmm. and, and we and will catch it. is the truth and we're going to see it because we are waist deep in your finances this entire time. Addy made a good point when you buy a home. I just tell my clients, you know, for 30 to 45 days, you're not going to really mm -hmm. do anything. And you're taking my advice for that. You're not going to do anything. We're not moving money. We're not opening credit. We are purchasing this house. And then once we close this house, then we will move on to these other strategies. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome I said. And I think that was a great, great show right there. Could be a part two for you guys. There could be a part two. There seems to be a lot of meat on the bone that wasn't necessarily picked off or chewed or enjoyed. No, we, but there's a lot. I think people learned some stuff there. And I want to encourage everybody as one of the team members of MLO. If there's any way, right, Casey, any ways, guys, that we can help you, whether it's an advisement, you're thinking about refinancing, selling your home, buying your home, first-time home buyer, fourth-time home buyer. Really, our goal at Modern Loan Officer is to create a transparent environment for you to learn and for you to grow and become more educated about the process from the lending point of view. And that's what we're here for. And thrown out, we have our new line, right, Casey? And we are like so stoked about this number. We got 503 VIP 9038. Unbelievable. That's our number. You can call Texas. Anytime. What is it? 503 VIP 9038. He nailed it. Like we got that number right off the bat and Casey was already peppering it off so it's fantastic to have a line it rings to our entire team and we literally have that set up guys to where if you need something we are here for you so it's going to call text if we're on live stream you will get a text back from back from us and we got your back when it comes to any financing for residential mortgages on the west coast california oregon washington you know we're here so Till next time, everybody, Casey, and I'm going to let you pick the magic button for the app music. Hitting it. Ooh, he's throwing down that monster beat. That's a head bobber for sure. Gosh. 
thanks again guys for listening we really do appreciate obviously we enjoy all the likes comments shares posts so keep them coming here at mlo yeah we can't stress enough guys we are on apple spotify anywhere where you get your podcast so you're not ready to reach out to us on that vip number start listening Start immersing yourself in the conversation of home ownership because I promise you it will not only change your life, it's going to be the most amount of fun you've the ever had. The amount of fun you'll ever have. That's the cheesiest thing we got, but I absolutely love it. And to swing it back over, Scotty, thanks for joining us, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Won't be the last time, but it certainly was a great first time. So we will keep it rocking. Until next time, we'll see hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of. M-L-O. We wanted to remind everyone, if you're wanting to catch any of these episodes live recorded on video, where do they look? Facebook. We got Facebook and also up and coming. YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe. Hit us up. If we can help you in any way, hit us with that text on the VIP number. And Scott, thanks so much for coming in today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. And until next time, my name is Adinette, and this was M-L-O. M-L-O.